This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shop First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey, Miho. <laughs> and Tonton. And Tonton. And Tonton. Special guest. I, I, I disagree, Tonton. <laughs> I thought they smelled bad on the outside. All right. This week, we're talking about Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Came out in 1989. Directed by Rowdy Harrigan. <laughs> Rowdy, <laughs> Rowdy Harrigan? <laughs> Written by R. Lance Hill. And, uh, yeah, and by a David Lee story, I guess. I have no idea. Starring Patrick Swayze, Kelly Lynch, Sam Elliott. I mean, that's about all I knew. Oh, and Terry Funk. That was awesome. Terry Funk, Ben Gazzara. Yeah. I can't believe and Terry Evans. Funk was in this movie. Uh, David Keith is in this, too. Mm-hmm. Keith David? You mean Keith David? One of the two. <laughs> One of those two guys was in this. He got he got opening billing and it was barely in the movie. <laughs> Alright, uh Scott, I believe this is your pick, so why don't you talk about it first? Okay. I I wanna say I saw this in the theaters. I don't know how or why. Uh but I definitely saw it on um pay per view TV uh when I was on a vacation in Arizona once and left to my own devices. Um <laughs> I should not have been watching it in, in, in either case. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, then I've, I've seen it many, many times since. Uh, each time I watch, I, I'm able to pick out something new uh, about this amazing film. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think most recently I probably saw it on cable, had it on the background. It's been on a lot. This is, this is we're getting, like, Beastmaster territory with the amount of syndication this movie's had. <laughs> All right. Oh, I guess I'll go next. Uh, I have not did not see this movie until last night. Somehow I missed this my I entire life. Um, my I remember even my dad like ten years ago he recorded it. This is when my dad got one of those DVD players that's like a VCR and you can record your TV on your DVD. So we got to this phase where he was just recording every movie that was on TV, <laughs> and he, he gave it to me. He said, it's a good movie. You got to watch it. And, I actually have it somewhere. I couldn't find it, but uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's my first time. We'll, we'll get into how I liked it or not, Alex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely caught this late in life. Uh, it was one of those. I uh, I want to say it was either on cable or Netflix, but I think it was on cable. And I was just flipping through the channels late and whatnot. It's like, yeah, I guess I'll give this a shot. I never saw it. That's my story. <laughs> All right, I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Uh, each week we talk about set our favorite seven or blah. Talk about seven <laughs> items from the movie. Scott, why don't you lead us off? What's your number seven? Okay. Uh, well, Jeff already mentioned it. Uh, oh. The uh, great Terry Funk is in this. <laughs> uh, so his, I don't know who that is. His character arc's a little weird in this. So he was a uh, – he was never mainstream. Correct if I'm wrong, Jeff. About, uh, he was a wrestler. Yeah, he's probably like, as far as I know, the biggest non-mainstream wrestler of all time. Is me, I would do it, as I would say. 
But I don't know. We'd have to go to some of our listeners who are bigger wrestling guys than me. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah, he did it forever. Um, he it, It's cool. He gets a lot to do in this movie. Um, even though he dies off camera. Spoilers. Um, there, <laughs> there's an interesting arc for his character where he starts off where he's like the kind of the audience surrogate. Where he's like, who is this guy? What's going on? And then he immediately gets fired and becomes my goon. Um, but he, oh, he's like the head goon? He's not the head goon. Well, no, but at the bar, he was the one that's throwing people around. Yeah, yeah, he yes. was, yeah, 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 yeah. He was, he was the guy that, like, was starting fights. He was probably the head bouncer at the beginning of the Yeah, movie. yeah. Okay. Um, at least the guy that liked to fight the most. Uh, and still didn't, didn't make my list just because he was in it. Um, the reason he, he made, he cracked the list here <laughs> was at the very end, uh, or almost the very end. When the car is coming up over the lawn and does that awesome flip, honorable mention. Yeah, <laughs> the guy shoots with a shotgun in the air and makes it explode. You can't write that. Uh, <laughs> but as they're they're all lined up shooting at the car, he's got a pistol, and he's like in a uh, like he's got his legs spread so he can I don't know get a better stance for shooting the gun. Yeah, and he's wearing the most goddamn ridiculous white cowboy boots that I've ever seen in my entire life. I didn't notice the boots. It's worth going back to watch that scene again to see those fucking boots. They were, oh my god! Like they should have gotten a, a credit at the end of the movie. Like <laughs> those things were so fucking amazing. And you know he showed up on the set the day with those things, and he was like, "Oh yeah." Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I, again, this is around the okay. This, this movie's almost two hours long. Um, I'm willing to admit, yeah, I maybe know, I maybe, maybe it didn't need to be that long. <laughs> maybe. Uh, but if you can make it around to the like hour 40, 45 mark, uh, when they're all shooting on the car, uh, keep a close guy out for Terry Funk and his, his amazing uh, white cowboy boots. All right. So that's, I, I, yeah, that's my not see it either. It's the details that make this film magical. Mm-hmm. The little details. All right. I'll go next. Uh, my number seven is... Um, sorry, is... <laughs> so, spoiler, this goes into our crossover list, and I don't know what triggered you guys to do awkward lines, but the one that I thought was fucking weird... Was uh, I fucked a guy like you yep. in prison? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> that was a super weird line. Yes, that, that's what. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> Cracked me up. <laughs> like, what? That that would have ended a fight right there. That you was like, like what the fuck you talking? That was about? like a record scratch. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. So. uh yeah, it was pretty. It took you right out of there. I was like, what the fuck? So, I don't know. I just thought it was hilarious. And I knew going in that there was awkward. And there were a lot of awkward lines in this. But that <laughs> yeah, one just came out of nowhere. Like, what the fuck? So, that's my number seven. I fucked a guy like you in prison while they're fighting. Weird. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, whisper, they whispers it into his ear, too. Like, it could have been more awkward. <laughs> and he's wearing, that's right, because like, he has him like in a chokehold or something. Yeah, and he's, right? and he's yeah. wearing like a. Like a uh, denim vest with no shirt underneath. Like, no, he was bare chested by then. No, he had the vest on still. Really? No, oh. Swayze was bare chested. 
Yeah. yeah. They, they were, as Alex likes to say, they were all wild up, oiled up and ready to go, or greased up mm-hmm. and ready to go. They Wait, were. does Swayze ever wear a shirt in his movies? Swayze? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But all his famous scenes, he's like surfing, he's molding clay, he's right. uh, Chippendale's dancer with Farley. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just want to say I'm pure moves alone. <laughs> <laughs> if if we could take both of you, we would. <laughs> or if we could flip a coin, we would do it. But we're Chippendales. <laughs> yeah. All right, Alex, number seven. My number seven is <laughs> speaking of Swayze's clothing. He, it always looked like his clothes were like a size and a half too big. Yeah, yeah. Especially this is like his jacket is is like what. Honorable mention the eighties bullshit that was kicking my ass the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know what was worse. Like his outfits and hair or Kelly Lynch's hair in this movie. Yeah. Like her hair was goddamn ridiculous in this movie, and that's saying his, something. His something baggy there. clothes. Like his pants were up to his nipples. Yeah, they were. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, 1989, uh, around Kansas. Yeah, it's era appropriate, I guess. Right? I don't know. It seemed like it. Yeah, I think it was appropriate. Like I, yeah, it was, I mean, it was that's right the time about hammer yeah, pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's only going to get worse before it got better. <laughs> he was right. I was like, but the funny thing is when you when you yeah when you have the the pants up to your your nipples, it's like when you do go shirtless. <laughs> It just looks weird. Not that it didn't look yeah. weird before, but it just doesn't work. Just yeah. so. All right, Scott, number six. Uh, number six follows kind of my number seven. Uh, speaking of goons in this, I fucking love the hodgepodge of henchmen that are in this movie. Like, <laughs> it makes no fucking sense. Like, it it's it's just like the, the main villain, Ben Gazzara, just put out like an ad. You mean and Jackie lo- Treehorn. Yeah, Jackie Treehorn. He put out a... a an ad in the local paper just asking for goons. And then they all show up. He's like, okay, I'll just hire everybody. Because you're like, one guy that's going around wearing a fucking tie. You have the, the fat guy with the suspenders in the whole movie. You you have the giant guy who shows up in like two scenes. Um, they they all look different. They have different accents. Some of them are like clean cut. Some of them look like hobo. Like it doesn't make any sense at all. Like there's just no continuity there. Uh, it, it just, they just open casting. Like they didn't care. Sorry. <laughs> Were they had a Tauntaun in there? Well, you don't have to be rude about it. Tauntaun. <laughs> it's okay to disagree with me. But, uh, yeah, I just, just love the variety of henchmen in this movie. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, this movie makes no sense. <laughs> the henchmen go fit along right alongside it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, my number six was Scott's number seven was Terry Funk. Uh, I'm watching it the beginning of the movie when they when he's because I actually know Terry Funk more or more from like the Terry huge. Well, yeah, he, he, I know. Well, he's a huge Terry Funk fan, Joe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from like to the 2000s, like when I watched wrestling back then, and like with Mick Foley and everything. And he was already an older guy, and he was and he was uh, smaller. So in this, he's fucking jacked. And I was like, who the fuck is that guy? And then he, he said something. And I'm like, holy shit, is that Terry Funk? And uh, it was. And uh, yeah, I just uh, didn't know he was in movies. I don't know if this is the only movie he's ever been in. Um, 
These had to have been in Goon and something else. Besides, yeah, like I was going to say, Beyond the Mat, the documentary on uh, wrestling. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just thought he was cool. I didn't notice the boots, but I thought he was cool. And I, I got a little upset when he got fired in the first 15 minutes of the movie. <laughs> I had a feeling he'd be back, but he never quite... I think out of all the henchmen, other than the the one guy who gets his ass kicked every single time throughout the entire movie, he might have the most lines of all the goons. But it still wasn't that much. Yeah, it wasn't that much. He took some falls. I saw it land on the concrete a couple times. That's Terry Funk. So, yeah. All right, Tom Tom. Yeah, you will. see you in hell. (laughs) (laughs) Loves him some Terry Funk. Yeah. Yeah, gobble, gobble. (laughs) (laughs) Alex, number six. My number six is a really uh, subtle thing that they that they did in the movie. One of the probably subtle, the one subtle thing that they did in the yeah. movie when uh, when what's his face uh, went to offer Patrick Swayze a job, and then as he's leaving, he goes, "Huh, I thought you'd be taller," and then he leaves, and then you know it's just okay, it's a gag. Patrick Swayze is a short guy, but he's still you know badass, whatever. And then later on, when he goes to the Double Deuce for the first time, and then he meet he sees the um, guitar player, who's, uh, I guess he knows him, he goes up to him and he goes, hey, you're pretty good for uh, a white, a blind white boy. And he's like, hey, I thought you'd be taller. Bigger. Is this, that just little interaction, it speaks like volumes about how long they've known each other, that they're, you know, fairly close, but they haven't seen each other in a while, but they still, you know, they're, they're, uh, in an intimate friendship, I guess you would say, which is pretty cool. And just those like two little lines, you get a lot of so, story. So I did like how they knew each other, but honorable mention to the fact that why the fuck were they there? That was a legit band. Like, why were they putting up with having beer bottles thrown at them? I, I get that the Kevin mm-hmm. Ty uh, was, you know, paying everybody a lot of money to redo the the bar and get customers back, but like, you could have been paying them that much to put up with that shit. Yeah, I know. That's that's that why that's, made that scenes in the that scene in Blues Brothers. Yeah, that's that's why I love the like the logic of this movie uh, about like there's this circuit of bars and then everybody knows about these bars. Then everybody knows about the people that that work in these bars and they're all stuck there. It's like this weird purgatory. Like that's why you never see cops until the very end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those fucking cops. Yeah, so I don't. I didn't understand. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I shouldn't think about the plot, but um, so I'll <laughs> stop right there. But so, how did did he know? So, how did he know that the band? Like, where was he initially? Was he even close to the city? Was he far away? No, you didn't really make it clear. He had an airplane ticket, but he just drove there. Yeah, so it was flying distance, yet he gets to a place where he knows all these people. And I don't know if it's because... Well, well that's that's the thing. is like within the logic of the movie, like everybody knows who the, the best bouncers are. And then for in whatever the country? Reason, I guess. And then just like yeah, a, a, exactly. in a tournament fighting movie, it's like, oh, everybody knows yeah, uh, the right. good underground and then, fighters. And then like for whatever reason, there's these bar bands that just go from bar to bar, regardless of whether they're going to get murdered there or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's not like they've heard of him. Like the band members know him; they're friends, like you said. So, like right. that—that that was. But everybody's heard of Dalton, though. Everybody's like, "Oh, that's Dalton." Yeah, sure, Dalton. that's one thing. But this other thing. But then I also thought that Dalton thing was the the owner came back and told everybody, "I got this guy Dalton. He's going to clean things up." It could have been either. Yeah, yeah, that too. But 
I think he, he was still famous for cleaning up bars. But, like, they, they set it up in the beginning where it's like, you're the best cooler in the business. Like, <laughs> there's, there, there's, like, some networking going on there when they have the, mm-hmm. the, the International Coolers Convention. And yeah. now it's Robert Irvine in his bar rescue. Yeah, you go. Oh, that was, uh, as soon as I saw this, like, this is the original Bar Rescue. <laughs> First thing I thought about. So I guess I'm still not sure. All that fine, whether they told him or whether it's a scene, but how he's so, he went to a bar where these his friends were. Like, I, that just seemed weird. And that uh, Sam Elliott was just down the street. Like, I don't know. Yeah, well, it was, it was very much like, you know what it reminded me of was the very beginning of Tombstone. Where all the characters are there and everybody gets introduced, like, right, like, immediately. Like, he fucking shows up in town, meets all the characters he's going to interact with, fucking rents a room across the street from the main villain, or across the, the river from the main villain. Mm-hmm. Like, or pond, or whatever the hell that was. Like, yeah, but he didn't know those people. The only people who knew were his brothers. Right, right, just... well, right. Well, he didn't, it's not that he didn't know them, it's just like, they just set it all up, like, everything happens okay. right at once when he gets to town. Yeah. Hey, and Samuel, it was in both. Coincidence? I think not. Nope. Most likely. He cusses more in this movie, though. Well, I, I will say that there was no balls head in this movie. I bet Jeff is very disappointed. Yeah, balls head. No, that's an people get move. kicked in the balls. There was a lot of people getting kicked in the balls in this movie and getting punched in the balls. Oh yeah. Sad. All right, I forgot where we left off of. I was Alex is six, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The All friendship right. <laughs> between the, the the band leader yeah. and, and Don. Yeah. All right, so uh, yeah, Scott five. Five. Speaking of the blind guy. Oh my god, this, again, this movie is fucking magic. Um, mm-hmm. at, the, at the very end of the movie, when they're just about to roll credits, they cut to, back to the double deuce. The double douche. Double douche. Uh, the double deuce, and uh, the, yeah, the blind guy's playing. And then they cut to the side of that pond, where where he's living, which mm-hmm. I guess burnt down, so it doesn't make sense that they're hanging out there. But anyway, whatever. Um, no, his his apartment didn't burn down. It was the barn. Oh, okay. Well, the farmer. I, next door. So, yeah. I I guess he could still be there. But um, any rate, uh, she's already in the pond, like skinny dipping, and he dives in after her, and they start boning. But if you look in the background, you can see like on a picnic blanket, like about ten or fifteen feet from the edge of the water, is the blind dude. <laughs> they fucking well, can't bone. See yeah, yeah, they bone right in front of him. They bow right in front of him. He just hears splashing water. He doesn't know what's going on. playing Marco yeah. Polo for all he knows. <laughs> He's going, you guys. You're not boning, are you? <laughs> like, they bone in front of the poor guy. Like, they're like, hey, let's go have a picnic. And then they just go off and, and just, like, fuck in front of the water, like, 30 feet away from him. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, hey, it's so... didn't, didn't you float a corpse on here last week? Yeah, did you rip a dude's throat out? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, again, I, again, I did not notice. Yes, that. Yeah, again, me this, it's, yeah, again. <laughs> go back, watch the part with the boots, and then at the very end, before the credits roll, like right before Patrick Swayze dives into the water, you see somebody sitting there, and it's it's a little hard to tell, but I'm pretty sure it's the blind guy. <laughs> nice, mm-hmm. Jeff Buckley. All right. Uh, my number five is uh, the bad guy, which I forgot his name. Wesley, or what is it? Brad Wesley. Yeah. Wesley. Ben Gazzara. Yeah. 
getting his comeuppance at the end or all the like the little shop owners that he ruined throughout the movie all get their comeuppance they all get to shoot him with the shotgun at the end uh, yeah. this is higher on my list but yeah yeah that, that seems pretty ridiculous I I love how he's just fucking chewing on senior there and I love how they try to make him like a physical badass but like Ben Gazzara is like a little old man like, <laughs> like yeah, the one scene where he, yeah. where he punches out his henchman and that was kind of weird but then he's like, like, basically Patrick Swayze letting letting him beat him with the half of a spear, and then he's, he gives the line like, "I thought it'd yeah. be fun to fight you," like, and then he gets shot three times, and he stands up and gives the bug eyes, like. <laughs> ben Gazzara was was getting his paychecks worth for this movie. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just thought it was awesome that they all all the old shop owners get their comeuppance, and then the mm-hmm. fat goons. Just to, the cops show up like, I don't know, I don't know. The polar yeah. bear fell on me. Yeah, I just like the, the moral dilemma there where he's already ripped out one dude's throat. He's killed like seven or eight other people on that complex. Yeah, but he, the eagle claw but, but he But he decides that he's going to take the high road all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then he's completely absolved because the other dudes come in and shoot him. Like, yeah. I guess that in the movie with him like deciding not to kill. <laughs> Oh, but it was man. right as the, the the doctor came in, the hot doctor. So, but I mean, he decided not to kill her, kill him before she showed. I know it was fortuitous. Yeah, it was. That means fortunate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex, number five. My number five is I like the transformation of the double deuce because you you get introduced to it. Dalton goes in there for the first time, and it's, it's a complete shithole. Everybody's fighting, and it's it's utter chaos in there. And then a uh, little ways into the movie, you get the like, in-between phase where they don't have the chicken wire and you have a neon <laughs> sign. It's safe enough to have a neon sign in the back, but it's still <laughs> kind of a shithole. You still got to be careful. And then the last third of the movie where the double deuce turns into like kind of like the Max from Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Did, did it? Did they pave the parking lot by the end of the movie or is it still just dirt? It's just dirt. Yeah. I guess you can get yeah, away with that is. outside of Kansas City. Yeah. yeah. But it has some nice shrubs at the entrance now. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what yeah, Tom's real happening gigantic place. Yeah. Jeebus H. Do bars are bars that big out there? I mean, if it's most if it's supposed to be like a yeah, like a nightclub. Like a bar nightclub, yeah. Yeah, nightclubs can get really big. I'd yeah. say I liked it in its in between state. I I did not like it at the end. I thought it looked like some cookie cutter Chuck E. Cheese. Play. I don't know. I did not like the way it looked. And then the beginning, well, it looked cool, but I would not want to go there for fear of stabbings. Yeah, it's fucking Goat Hill. <laughs> Thirsty Isle. Yeah, one of them places. Mm-hmm. Just, I, I what's what's like a good rule of thumb? If you go into the the bathroom and they just have the the cloth on the roller, Thirsty Isle. Then, <laughs> yeah, you're taking your life in your own hands. Though. Yeah, don't don't use that towel. Why <laughs> dry your hands on pants? Yes, or flick them. Yeah, I don't even like. I'm hesitant to say even to turn on the water. <laughs> uh, touch the handle anyway. Mm-hmm. By the way, is that a th- is that a thing? Bands playing behind wire, chicken wire. I don't know, but like again, no, there's nobody that will put up with that shit. Nobody, yeah. even a blind guy, like. There's nobody that would put up with that shit. Like, you can't get paid enough. 
Like I, mean, I said, it, I've only ever seen it in this movie and in Blues Brothers. See, I don't remember that from Blues Brothers, but yeah. I haven't seen that movie in years. But yeah. Did I mention Tombstone again? They're performing up there and they're shooting guns at That's him. That's right, yeah. I'd drill that old devil in the beehive. <laughs> well, I don't think chicken wire is going to do much for bullets. <laughs> well, probably not. Maybe a twenty-two. Yeah, twenty-two just like just bounce right off of yeah. yeah. No, it's a smaller ca- caliber, you guys. That's why it'll fit between the holes it's, better. It's a smaller. Oh, what, what caliber wouldn't fit through chicken wire? A rocket launch or a forty-four magnum? Ah, <laughs> uh, it's still friendly against stuck. Wire. Yeah, probably <laughs> a shotgun slug. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you shoot you shoot somebody with a twenty-two because it'll hurt more. Yeah. It Just, will hurt. Yeah. Oh, is that a Robin Hood yeah. Prince of Thieves thing? <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Right. Why doesn't somebody... I'm adding that to the list. There you go. I'm adding it to Scott's list because he doesn't have good stuff. <laughs> what? <laughs> How dare you? I bet Tom Tom likes my list. Oh, I turn him off. Alright, uh, where are we at here? Uh... Number five. Yeah, Scott's number four. Oh, on to my number four. Yeah, I just so, did my number four. Okay, so uh, speaking of sex scenes, um, so they have the sex scene between uh, Dalton and I don't even remember her character's name uh, in this movie. Doctor Lady. Doctor Lady. The credit uh, says Doc. Doc, really? Yeah. Do they even give her first name? No, they don't. That is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh, no wonder I couldn't remember what it was. But anyways, so uh, Kelly Lynch and Patrick Swayze have their sex scene, and it's whatever. Um, it was a little, it looked a little uncomfortable. But uh, the best part about this is something that doesn't even have directly to do the movie. Um, so um, grab my notes here real quick. Uh, Kelly Lynch is uh, married to a guy named Mitch Glazer, and. He's friends, or at least, like, pretty familiar with uh, the Murrays, as in Bill Murray and his brothers. And <laughs> I guess there's this running joke for, like, I don't know, ever since the movie came out, where any time one of the brothers sees that scene, or that movie's on, they will call Glazer and Lynch's house and let, let Glazer know that Patrick Swayze, <laughs> Patrick Swayze is nailing your wife, and then, like, hang up on him. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess this has been going on for, I don't know, was this been 89? Uh, decades. Yeah, it's been going on for decades now. 30 years. Yeah, that shit is hilarious. Like, like they'll call in like, the middle of the night just to let him know that Patrick Swayze's nailing his wife. Oh, and he's God. been dead for 10 years. Yes, and he's been dead for a while, too. Uh, 10 years, 2009. Wow. Jesus. Damn. Damn. But I I love I love this story so much. This anecdote about how Bill Murray would just call him <laughs> when he sees this movie on. Oh god! I get like it's got to be funnier every single time they do it too. They like Lynch and Glazer probably get annoyed with it at this point. But yeah. But but if Murray one of his brothers is doing it, it's just got to get funnier every single time. Oh man! Yeah, I just imagine Bill Murray doing it. Like yeah. So, so that's my number four. Something that's somewhat related to the movie, but it's too—it's awesome. too—it's yeah. too, too good not to include it here. 
<laughs> All right. Um, my number four is just uh, I always like movies or TV shows where I like it and I don't like it, I should say. It's, it always cracks me up, but I intend to like it more than that. When the guy or girl comes in and is good at their job and they just just the first half of this movie is just showing that he's good at it. You know, it's just it's obvious. I'm going to fix up this bar. I know my shit. I'm going to be not, you know, like I just I dig it. Yeah. Efficacy. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess don't know what that word is. Effectiveness. Hey, what if they calls my mom a whore? Is she? Ooh, damn. <laughs> but just him coming in and I just like surveying everything, not doing it. Yeah, okay, this is not so. I have to do it, you know. You can put yourself in your shoes. That's the way to do it, right? You get in there and you just watch, and then you know this guy's stealing from the till, and she's selling drugs in the bathroom, and this guy's roughing people up. and <laughs> They're banging in the back room. Yeah, and he's drink- <laughs> he just drinks coffee on the job because he's smart that way. And, and <laughs> I don't know. I just I always find that cool movies. And I want to say I like this movie. Oh, so there it goes. But... I think the first half is better than the last half. I like that whole fixing the double deuce part up, seeing how good he is at his job, doing all that. And then the later stuff, well, it's fun to watch. It's just I got a little bored. But this full part of it, the guy who knows, the guy who's good at his job coming in and cleaning up shop, I always like that in movies. So that's my number four. Alex. My number four is Dalton's whole intro was pretty badass. Because it kind of, uh, it was 89, but it kind of went against the grain of every other 80s action hero. Where you see him do something like, where well, there's some badass shit happening at the beginning of the movie or something. Or you you know that they're like super strong already and they know their shit. Dalton, he goes to break up a fight and he gets kind of stabbed a little bit in the shoulder. And the guy's like, oh, he's... You know, I I think I could take you, man. You and me, Dalton. <laughs> just goes, all right, outside. <laughs> Once he's outside, he just walks back into the bar. That was great. Yeah, it is like that. That he's the smart guy, right? Like that goes with my number four too. Yeah, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to show him doing any like special, you know, shit or everything. He's smart. He's a thinking man. Plus, they show how invulnerable to pain or how I was going to say he's so smart that he just goes and gives himself stitches instead of going to the emergency room <laughs> that's all yeah, smart well, yeah. pain, don't, pain don't hurt yeah god that's another one Jesus. pain don't hurt yeah I don't know much alright uh, Alex I mean Scott number three number three was the I used to fuck guys like you in prison yeah me too uh, I don't even care about the fight like, I, guess, I guess it was cool to see him get the his throat ripped out the, there's a lot of close-ups of kicks, <laughs> like, like kicks being thrown. Yeah, it's a very, Not so much landing movie. being thrown. Yeah. A lot of kicks in this, uh, but yeah, the, the throat rip is cool. Um, but yeah, the, I used to fuck guys like you in prison. Like the, the the banter in that whole scene is horrible. I, I forget what the the henchman says to start it all off. But Patrick Swayze's <laughs> yeah, response: Swayze. "You're such an asshole." Yeah. You're a jerk, duty head. So, <laughs> speaking of kicks, though, I went into this movie. I really didn't know much. So, like, uh, I didn't have Patrick Swayze, and it had something to do with a bar, and he was like a bouncer. Like that was kind of my only thing new going in. But for some, and I knew he fought a lot in the movie, and I thought, oh, I'm going to sneeze. Oh god, <laughs> what? No, I got to <laughs> sneeze, and I can't. <laughs> Is this a first? Uh, I'm going to see his wolf. 
<laughs> you thought he was going to hang Dong? <laughs> Sam Elliott almost hung Dong. It's just uh, Mick. He did. Was he not wearing underwear in that scene? Nope. Yeah, he wasn't. He, just going commando. He's got, a, he's got a, a handlebar mustache down there, too. <laughs> <laughs> he had it down there before he had it up top. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> um. only, only a few select, uh, a lucky fewer have ever seen the second mustache. Mm-hmm. Who wants a mustache? Where's the banquet beer? I do. Um, Bill Murray call Sam Elliott about that. Uh, anyway, so I knew there was a lot of fighting. It was about a bar. And then for some reason, I was expecting, this is just me being stupid, is that he did a lot of roundhouse kicks in this movie because the movie was called Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll buy I mean, there are some. That, though. I'll there, buy that there for There are dollar. some, but for some reason, yeah. I thought that his finishing move was a roundhouse. And I was like, why would I think that? It's two totally different words. Like, I, I don't know. So, it's a roadhouse kick. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, So your number three was. uh, Hey, that's the strongest kick in Street Fighter. Don't knock it. (laughs) All right. My number three is. I guess you said it's Wesley. Just the over the top Wesley, bad guy. He's so. I mean, you're introduced to him flying his helicopter over the like, just doing a drive by over the farm with his helicopter, swerving up and down the road. Treating the guy at the auto store bad, like I just—he was so over the like, uh, torturing that guy. He's so over the top that I thought it was kind of awesome. He's so. a dumb businessman too. <laughs> He's getting protection money, quote unquote, from these people, but he wrecks their establishments so that yeah. they can't make any more money. <laughs> what? Well, he's got to teach him a lesson. Oh yeah, I guess. Also, he's bringing yeah. J.C. Penney's coming to town because of him. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> He doesn't need them that. anymore. He's got J.C. Penny, and yeah. he loves fireballs. Apparently, <laughs> everything explodes in giant fireballs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my number three, Wesley. Wesley, Alex, number three. <laughs> I used to fuck guys like you in prison. <laughs> yeah, I will touch a little bit more on the fight, which I like. It was it was pretty cool because this was the most martial arts fight in the movie but it was still at, at least grounded in reality they didn't go over the top with the choreography and everything it was still like a, a bare knuckle brawl at the end of the day so it was cool with a lot of spin kicks yeah plus he used that spin kick against him by lodging it into a tree should have been aware of his surroundings should have snapped his leg in half by the way yeah he should have <laughs> and now throat grab Oh, and I like how what's her face was mad. <laughs> was that, I mean, I mean, she was upset. I know, but you ripped his throat out after he pointed a gun in your face, jerk, and then she walks off in a in a hissy. She well, came I get, back. I get that she was upset that she, she just saw him kill a dude. Yeah, yeah, but come on. Plus, get she's a, a gun doctor. in his face. Do no harm and all that. He's dead, Jim. Yeah, I know. I'm holding his tongue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, Alex. I mean, Scott. Number two. Number two is the just the the logic that this movie follows the the lawless nature of the world that they live in. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, you know, I, 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 as I sat down to watch this, I was trying to think of my my list ahead of time, 
And I was trying to remember about when the cops show up and why they didn't. And at first I, I was remembering, oh, well, they, they give some throwaway line about how, oh, he's bought the cops off or whatever. Right. And they kind of do that toward the end. But doesn't explain like ninety percent of the other shit that happens that's unrelated to the to the bad guys. Like at the very beginning, the guy like basically stabs him and they just throw that guy out. Like Oh yeah, that's it, we'll just throw him outside. Like <laughs> I'm pretty sure you call the cops at that point. Like Yeah. <laughs> um and then when I've they, seen it. <laughs> yeah, when when they like my younger days, I've well, seen But that's that how you're happened. cooler though. You yeah. don't want to draw if cops come to your bar all the time because mm. Right. I didn't That's think about cool. that, Jeff. There yeah. you go. Okay. It all makes sense now. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Um, yeah, he fucking gets stabbed. And then he does his own stitches. So, like, there's like a level there where the cops can only, or like law enforcement can only get involved when there's explosions. Or, or in this case, he can only go to the hospital if this, the wound is at a place where he can't just stitch it up himself. Um, yeah, they... He gets cut again, and they just throw that guy out. And and here's the part I really don't get. So they show up at the bar, which is effectively broad daylight. And they basically try to stab him twice. Like, two different guys try to stab him. And he mm-hmm. just throws him out, and that's it. And again, with the whole, I guess, following Jeff's logic, they don't want to draw cops to the bar. Because no one wants to go to a bar with those cops. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he just goes home, right across from the guy that sent those guys to murder him. Like, and I get, he, he, he gives some line about how, oh, well, the horses will let me know if people come up, but really, you're not worried about, they, like, you really didn't, like, you think they're not, like, I thought they do is, like, send five dudes over there while you're sleeping, like, it, it didn't make any sense to me, uh, it still doesn't, but I love it, uh, they, they wrecked the place up, and then to, I don't forget which one he was talking about, all the, wrecking all the businesses and everything, and nobody cares, and then the cop shows up at the end, <laughs> yeah. and he just gives up when everybody says, no, we didn't see anything. <laughs> He's like, well, I guess I've done my job here. <laughs> yeah. The laziest cop in town. Yeah. Even Wiggum does some investigating. He's like, well, I guess the guy that was paying me is, uh, you know, having his pocket yeah. is dead. I guess I don't do my job no more. Like, the, when, when he first <laughs> goes to the Double Deuce and the place gets completely wrecked, when everybody in there is fighting and shit's getting broken uh like do the cops even show up then or they just let it, let people like fight themselves out where they until everybody's just too tired to fight and then they close shop for the night right yeah boys will be boys i guess so yeah um i don't mention to the that super weird uh guy that was was selling titty titty rubs to people in the middle of the bar <laughs> that'd make it I and mean, he was upset when they wouldn't do it it was, it was weird. Are you going to kiss him or what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have $20. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. I want to say the uh, the bar owner, the guy who hired Dalton, was weird. I don't know if he was a bad actor or the no, character he was, he was playing. Like, the whole time I was like, this guy, when he hired him, like, this guy's shady. This is one of those things where like... Yeah, he does seem shady, but he's like completely on the level. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like... I was going to say, like, Donovan from Last Crusade, who hires Indiana Jones, but is really the bad guy. Like, that's when it kind of, I thought was going to happen once he showed up. He was just, when he's leering down through the window at the bar fight at the beginning. Like, it just, it never planned out. Yeah, yeah, he was a good guy the whole time, and he's one of the guys who shoots. (laughs) Bad guy. I don't know. He felt weird to me. 
But that's not. I don't know where we at now. Is uh, twos? Twos. Have you yeah, done yours? So that was my number two. It was just like the the lack of law enforcement. I guess would be a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. All right, and mine is the ripping his throat out. Like that was. I did. It felt out of place in this movie. And, uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. What Not do you mean, really? There's like no gore in this at all, and then all of a sudden he rips the guy's throat out. Like this is, yeah. Subvert your expectations. I guess because they kind of hint at it in the beginning of the movie. It's like, oh, I heard that he ripped some guy's throat out. Oh, yeah, that is true. And it's like, okay, you know what? Maybe that's just a rumor and exaggeration. But they keep reinforcing that he actually did kill somebody, but you don't know how. And then you find out. Yeah. He's got the he's got the eagle claw style. Still came out for me. It's look at the right. They did say that, so I guess I, sh- I shouldn't have been surprised, but I was like, because usually so, like a gore thing like that, like forty minutes into the movie, all of a sudden you're like, whoa, okay, we're watching one of these movies. And they, <laughs> no, this was an hour and forty seven minutes in, and then rips the guy's throat out. I'm like, okay, hmm. so didn't hate it, but it just came out of nowhere for me. That's my number two, Alex. My number two is the revenge killing spree that he goes at the end. Oh, almost. Until he stops at Jackie Treehorn. And then he gets shot. (laughs) He gets shot by just everybody in town. Everybody in town just shows up. And whatever gun they have, they just shoot him with it. Oh, so they all had shotguns. Yeah. And they all, oh, one guy collects him and then puts him, I don't know, he just hides him behind a cactus somewhere in the back when the cops show up. Uh, that was great. It's like, oh, I didn't see nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see nothing either. Okay, I guess a murder didn't happen. <laughs> I like how the guy gets knocked out for, like, no reason by the bear. Well, it was a polar bear. It fell on him. Also, I don't mention that trophy room. I think the, uh... The set designer went a little crazy. Like there was, there was an absurd amount of like antlers and stuffed animals and other things in the in his trophy room. Was it the same guy set designer that did uh, Ace Ventura two? I don't remember. Probably was. (laughs) Anyway, you know what he didn't have in his room? A tauntaun. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> there he is Welcome back Tauntaun Tommy Tauntaun <laughs> I named him Tommy Nice Alright Scott number one Alright my number one Was the The three rules speech that he gives Once he's officially on the job So you guys mentioned how First he was just kind of checking out The whole situation and then he shows up like the second night after everything shuts down. And he fires a couple people. And then he gives them the speech about just three rules. Number one, like, always expect the unexpected. Never underestimate your opponent. Like, what? <laughs> so the bartenders need to. <laughs> yeah. Like, the yeah. Like, it, it didn't make any sense. And then I'm like, is he going to train these guys? Like, what the hell's. Nope. Wait, was it just the bouncers there, or was the bartender there too? No, yeah, every the girls all there, all, right? all the yeah. people working the place were there, including the okay, band yeah. for some reason. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, I no idea why the band was there. Just that, there was that one guy in the band that always had the neckerchief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, when they know Dalton, so they wanted to see how they'd react. Maybe they were taking bets on who was going to get fired that day. Could have been. Mm. Uh, He's protecting his throat. He was. <laughs> 
with the bandana. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, only, only defense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that whole always expect the unexpected. Like, what? Is he taking them on, on like a special ops mission? Like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, and then the second part about uh, always take it outside, which they I kind of they kind of do once. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the third one about be nice. That part's cool. The be nice thing's cool. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, how will we know not to be nice? I'll let you know. And Spacey's <laughs> kind of a dick up to that point. Like, yeah, he lets like everybody fight it out, which makes sense because he's still figuring out like how he wants to do things. But when the, the guy hires him and he accepts and he turns down the the plane ticket with a too dangerous, which is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> yeah, he says I'll I'll drive. And he's like, when you'll be there, or when should I expect you? I'm like, don't. I'll get there when I get there. I'm like, this guy's just agreed to pay you like a shitload of money. Like, actually, really not that much money. But I was gonna say for stabbings. Yeah, yeah. Not that like, much money. He, this, this guy well, that you agreed pay, to, he pays all medical. Pay expenses. you to show up to clean up his bar. You're like, yeah, I'll get there when I fucking feel like it. Like, <laughs> like it's kind of a dick move. But anyways, I, I, that's like my favorite scene in the entire movie when he uh, lays out how he's gonna clean things up. Uh, you know the. The three About points. Never of, feed him after midnight. Yeah. The rules. And I was like, mm-hmm. you, you are the bouncers. I am the cooler. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Well, that makes that explains everything. Yeah, like, like how they they like spend a little bit of time just kind of laying out for for the audience of like, like okay, there's there's bouncers, but then there's coolers, and that's like a whole another level. These are like prestige class bouncers. Yeah, leveled up. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, the, just that, that whole speech is fucking classic. Uh, be nice. <laughs> Always expect the unexpected. Like, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I just like how you said like it doesn't really come into effect. Like one time, I think he, the guy tries to be nice and it doesn't work, and then so finally, it, but it's like other than that, none of those rules ever took place. I don't think. Yeah, always expect the unexpected. Like. <laughs> honorable mention, by the way. So the one time they do take it outside is when the guy walks in with the knife boot. Yeah, all the shine. <laughs> yeah, that shit is fucking very, hilarious. Oh, that makes me laugh every time. Like it would. The only way that would have been better is if they'd added like a. Ding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I forgot about that. That would have made my list. I think. Oh, that was fucking gold. Yeah, I think I would have too if I'd been thinking about it. <laughs> Closely, but yeah, like, like points out the knife boot, and right <laughs> yeah, the boot. camera zooms in on it and does the shing. <laughs> and then, of course, they just throw them out. It's not like they tried to murder them or anything. Makes no sense. Yeah, yeah three rules. Yeah, most of the fights do take place in buildings. Yeah. Well, what leads to my number one? My number one, I just have all the awesome bar fights. So I love a good bar fight. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I just I don't know. I just cool fighting, more realistic fighting, kind of like what Alex said. Uh, and yes, different bottles being broken over people's heads, chairs being flung. Just I don't know. I just liked all the fighting in the movie, but specifically the bar fights. It's my number one. And that's kind of when I went to this movie. I thought that's what it was going to be, kind of. And that's pr- I got that part, at least. Didn't get all the roundhouses that I thought, but I got the, <laughs> the awesome bar fights. Alex, number one. Uh, my number one is the same. All the great brawls. 
that happen in nice. and around the bars. Great choreography. Um, it doesn't get too, you know, too nuts in like the technical stuff. And it was before all the handicam uh, or the the non steady cam, like real close up. The porn identity. Porn identity. BS. Uh, so it was cool. Yeah, people got the shit beat out of them. Yep. Did anyone mm-hmm. uh, honorable mention to Sam Elliott? We didn't really talk about him except for his yeah. pubes. <laughs> his, his, his neck mustache. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That this might be the youngest I've ever seen him in a movie before. Like everybody keeps telling how old he is, but it's always the other like the characters that are like older than him calling him old. Yeah. <laughs> Makes no sense. Yeah, instead of head of hair, Jesus. Envious yeah. of his hair. Elliot. Uh yeah, he was awesome. He's got the same old raspberry cores. Hey, Mio. He died. Poor guy. I What? It was Tails. Oh, in the sense. Yeah, in the movie, oh, not yeah. in the not in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do love that, that, again, it's fucking hilarious, the, when they're in the diner and she goes to the bathroom or something, and he gives that speech to, to Dalton about how, when a man puts a gun in your face, you only got two choices, either get killed or get shot or you kill the motherfucker, like, explaining Dalton's backstory, <laughs> Dalton's mm-hmm. tragic backstory, who always winds up in a situation where he's got to rip a, thro- a dude's throat out for some reason. <laughs> That old gag. He finally broke the cycle, though, at the end there. He was cursed by a witch to always rip a throat out. Yeah. <laughs> Once, three generations ago. Yeah. <laughs> You're always going to end up with a gun in your face and you having to rip out a throat. Every fifth, fourth night. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, there's nothing else. I think it's time to rate it. So, as usual, we rate uh, each topic on a scale of 1 to 7. 1 being crap, 7 being perfection. Scott. I mean, how do you rate a movie this awesome? <laughs> on a scale of 1 to 7? It's like it's trying to... On a scale from yeah, yeah. to house. It's like trying to rate Commando. <laughs> like, you just can't do it. But, um, for the purposes of our, our podcast here, um, I'm going to give this... A ah, this is tough. Uh, you know, I'll give it a six. I will always watch this when it's on. Okay, I will give it a five. It's the first time I saw it. I definitely liked it. I don't. I mean, if it's on TV, I may watch it again. And if I like, if I keep watching it, maybe I'll find more stuff like blind musicians playing music while his friends having sex in the water. Yes. Um, <laughs> but for now, it's a five. Definitely liked it. Uh, that's where I'm at. Alex. Uh, I'm also a five. I like this movie a lot, and maybe if I caught it when I was younger, it'd be one of my go-tos. But yeah, for right now, it's a five. It's a solid movie. If it's on TV, I always end up watching it. All right. Well, it's time for our crossover list, which is what, Scott? Uh, So, um, given the I used to fuck guys like you in prison line, uh, we did our, our top five awkward lines. I'm uh, glad you finished that sentence, by the way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to fuck guys like you in prison. Uh, so, yeah, top five awkward lines. Um, 
as I sat down to write this list, the couple came to mind right away, and they fit perfectly, I feel, anyway. But then it was difficult for me to kind of separate between just terrible lines and awkward. And I feel like yeah. there's there's some overlap there as well. Um, which is why my, my first one um, is a terrible line, but also horribly awkward, I feel like. Again, to going back to the whole record scratch. Um, so we're going to start with uh, Attack of the Clones. Okay. <laughs> that's where you got to start. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. I know. Because <laughs> that's where I'm ending. <laughs> uh, and that's, uh, I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough yeah. and irritating, and it gets everywhere. It gets everywhere. And that is it's pretty much the delivery. That wasn't me just doing a stilted reading. Uh, when uh, Anakin's Man. talking to Padme, um, and if really, if we want to continue up that whole it, the whole time they're on that stupid planet, where, where the fuck are they? Mm-hmm, with the giant Naboo. Are they still there, Naboo? Yeah. Okay. Well, they're on Naboo. The, there's also the line about that forbidden kiss you never should have given me. Like, I just that one's more just bad than awkward. I am haunted by that kiss. Yeah, you that never should have yeah, gave me. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's just a bit more of a bad line than an awkward one. Although it is. Totally awkward, but uh, yeah, the sand line is just so like out of left field. And I get it, he grew up on Tatooine, and there's sand there, but yeah, just no place for it. it. All right, to be fair, that's why he doesn't like it. Yeah, no, I get why he doesn't like sand, but just to throw that out there all of a sudden. Oh, it's terrible, but yeah. the Tatooine part at least makes sense. Like, if it was written better, like, I get why he doesn't like sand, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Anyway. It's awful. Okay, um, my number five is I don't even know what movie this is from. <laughs> um, I just remember I was, a, was listening to a podcast or a radio show, and they kept playing it over and over, and it's awful. And it's some chick going, "Love is never having to say you're sorry." Uh, yeah, that, that's that's <laughs> from um, love story. I, don't know. I should probably look it up, but <laughs> yeah, that's well. As 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 a, a husband that's in love with his wife, you have to say I'm sorry constantly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's goddamn ridiculous. <laughs> love is never having to say you're sorry. The stupidest thing I've ever heard. Love story. Yeah, love story. what did I say? I don't know, but I thought I said this anyway. Yeah, that it's that line is off. pretty pretty. Pretty, uh, pretty bad. It's like uh, four rings in a funeral. With the uh... oh, is it raining? I didn't notice. Oh, God, if you, if I you don't know that one, but it sounds about. awful. <laughs> nope. Annie McDowell doing her best to tank the final scene. Really. Anyway, mm-hmm. all right, Alex, number five. My number five, and I didn't notice this while I was doing because I had a, a bit of a tough time with this list also, and I was doing a bit of research. And I had just seen Dante's Peak, like, a few days ago, as of this recording. And I didn't catch this line when I rewatched the movie, which is still pretty good. Uh, but when I was doing my research, I was like, what? No, that does not happen. And it and this line happened very faintly. Have you guys seen Dante's Peak? Nope. No. Uh, it doesn't matter. I, this did come up, though, when I was doing some research. There's a, <laughs> yeah, there's a grandma that pretty much just sacrifices herself. To get everybody across an acid lake, uh, and then uh, she's like, was it was it acid or boiling? Acid. Okay. Because all sulfuric acid from the volcano, uh, 
and uh, Pierce Brosnan like is holding her. He's like, "Oh my gosh, that's." <laughs> you could hear him audibly kiss her on the head. He's like, "That's a good grandma." It's like, what? <laughs> She's not a dog. Who's a good grandma? Who's, Who's a good grandma? <laughs> Did he rub her behind the ears? Or yeah, her belly? yeah. Well, her belly. Trying to think, were, trying to think, of like, were, were there any? He had to have like, didn't didn't he have that whole speech at the beginning of Lawnmower Man, yelling about his chimps? <laughs> oh god, what? I forgot about that. Yeah, what about the chimps? He's like the, the first line in the movie of uh, uh, Lawnmower Man from from him, anyways. He's like yelling at some executive about uh, what's going on with his chimp oh, or something. Shit, like that. I, I forgot he was in Lawnmower Man. Yeah. How could I forget? How oh, could you man. forget the chimp scene at the beginning of that movie? Oh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> no, I can't. I, Sorry. I remember the chimp scene. Talk about movie magic. Yeah. God. He was wearing a Terminator helmet. Yeah. If, it, if, if it wasn't for this podcast, I never would have seen that movie. So, mm-hmm. there's that. Hey, not Terminator helmet, but a Robocop helmet. That's what I meant. Place. Ugh. All right, uh, Scott, number four. Number four was from uh, a movie that I... Yeah, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> from, a, from a movie that I that I enjoyed. Uh, it was a David Mamet. Uh, hey, Mamet! Hey, Mamet! Uh, Damn it, you beat me to it. David Mamet film. Um, uh, Heist, uh, Gene Hackman, um, and uh, Danny DeVito... Is in it, and he has this line that I loved, but it makes no goddamn sense whatsoever. And it's it's very much a mammoth line, um, and he goes like this. At one point in the movie, Danny Vito says, "Everybody needs money. That's why they call it money." Like, there's a great delivery on Devito's part. I'm sure he probably asked Mammoth at some point. Like, I, I don't understand what this actually means, but uh, uh-huh. and then. Nobody in the movie like calls him on it either. They're like, "Yeah, that doesn't really make any sense." Wait, what's the line? So the line is, "Everybody needs money. That's why they call it money." <laughs> yeah, doesn't make any sense at all. Mm-hmm. It was it was a little overwritten, a little overwrought. Uh, Man, it's part uh, unless like, money in Greek means I need it. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> if that Demone. is the case, if that Demone. is yeah, Demone. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> correct. Uh, heist number four. Everybody needs money. That's why they call it money. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number four is I've used this a few times on this show, and I like it, but it doesn't mean it's not a terrible line and kind of awkward. It's the end of Beverly Hills Cop two. Oh, I forgot about in. that one. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to include that on my list. Got yeah. a lot of good. I'm glad you got that. Yeah. So Taggart shoots. Uh, Brittany, what's her name? Bridget Nielsen. Yeah. <laughs> just saving Axel Foley's life. And Red says, Sanja. Brigitte, Brigitte. Yeah. Women. Women. It's and awesome, but it's and then, who's Do the other two cheap. cops show up at that point and they just be like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and high five. Yeah. Tell <laughs> me about it. Oh, God. That is, that is an awkward. It's <laughs> Alex. My number three is from I forget I already forgot what Steven Seagal movie this was. Right? Oh, I know. Hard to kill. Damn it! 
Damn you. It was poorly Damn you, Alex. It was poorly de- delivered. <laughs> I, th- I think this was... Uh... I think you're right. I think it was hard to kill. Hard to kill? Yeah. I'm going to take you to the bank, Senator Trent. To the blood bank. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> you're going to take him to donate? Is he? What? Like, I don't... Is he, uh, whatchamacallit, what's the thing? Was... Hemophiliac? Yeah, is, is that the movie where his name is Mason Storm? <laughs> Probably, I don't know. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm gonna take you to the bank. Well, which is the one that we Mr. did? What's the Seagal movie? Uh, we, we... Hey, Johnny Reed, what is it? Uh... <laughs> hey, does anybody know, has anybody seen Johnny uh, Hey, Does anybody know uh, who did Bobby uh, Lupo? Yeah, Bobby Lupo. Bobby Lupo. Bobby Lupo. Somebody seen Richie? What was above that the law? That was no. That wasn't above the no. law. That was uh, it's above the law. Hard to kill. Out for justice. Out for justice. Yeah, that's what it was. Not to be confused with the one where he fights the Jamaican drug, drug dealers. I forget that one. <laughs> that one is another three syllable movie. Three syllable or three word? Or both? Yeah, it could yeah, be both. Yeah, word. hard to kill. Think... Uh, <laughs> maybe that one was hard to kill. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Really Screw doesn't. a face. <laughs> yeah, has anybody seen anybody who did Bobby Lupo? We should do that movie again. Nope. <laughs> All right, uh, where are we at now? Uh, number three. Number threes. All right. Uh, number three. We've brought this up before, uh, but uh, RoboCop. When uh, Dick, speaking of, uh, oh god, yeah. Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but Dick Jones uh, to the other guy, Miguel Ferrer, uh, says, um, <laughs> I remember when I was a young executive in this company, I used to call the old man funny names too. Iron Butt, Boner, <laughs> once I even called him Asshole. <laughs> it's Iron Butt. Iron Butt. Iron Butt. I used to call him Iron Butt. Like that's boner. like the ultimate Boner. Like I, I was like I also like the way that he phrases it too. Like I used to call him Iron Butt Boner. Once I even called him asshole, not an asshole. I just called him asshole. <laughs> Iron Butt though. Somebody wrote that. <laughs> Somebody sat down and was like, "Okay, gotta make this sound like he's a little out of touch." <laughs> it's a way out of touch. But. uh I've never heard like we talked about this before. Like I don't think outside of RoboCop that one scene in RoboCop that's ever ever been used as an insult ever. Iron butt. Talking about again record scratch. Like, <laughs> like what? There should have been a callback in like one of the Avengers movie where someone said that Tony Stark. Uh, Instead of America's ass, it's Iron Butt. There we go. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Spoiler alert. It is a lot. Is the embargo been lifted? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's already out on DVD, probably. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. My number three is. Uh, this is not awkward. It's just terrible. But I had to include it. Is the whole, you know, what happens to a toe that gets struck by lightning? Oh, damn it! I was, my number two. I was close to including <laughs> that one, but I was like, uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Awful. It is awful. It is awful. As I said, not awkward, but it's awful. I mean, it's no, awkward it's, too. It's awkward. It's an awkward <laughs> delivery of a poorly written line. That's true. The delivery does not help. The, the written line does not help, and the, the delivery is even worse. 
So that's obviously Storm from the first X-Men movie. Yep. <laughs> Joss Whedon. Yeah, I know. And responsible for the Avengers. You know, that line. Yeah. <laughs> you can't bet a thousand. That's true. Yeah. I mean, shit, if you're batting 400. Sports. You're doing real goddamn good. Yeah. Only in baseball. <laughs> no, in baseball, you only do 30% well at your job and you're a Hall of Famer. Yeah, that's true. You can fail 70% of the time. Yeah. 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 Jesus. yeah I guess it's not true for pretty much any other sport, huh? <laughs> I don't think so. Well, I don't know hockey. Like, if you, if you count shot percentage. Yeah, it's not that high, but that's. There's a guy in your way. <laughs> eh? Yeah. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Alex, number three. Number three, this is a tongue twister, and I w- I'm wondering how many takes. It took to get this line out. How many takes it took? <laughs> yeah, how many takes it took? <laughs> it's from Karate Kid. Elizabeth Shue is like grabs uh, Larusso away, like to go talk or something away from the Cobra Kai's that were trying to hassle him. <laughs> He's like, "Must be take your worm for a walk week." Yeah, <laughs> that was just that line always gets me. I know. I, I, we get it, Alex. You find racism hilarious. What? Hmm? How's that racist? Yeah, I don't get it either. Wait, we're talking about diff- talking about different things. Or never mind. Yeah, he's not talking about the one that you're talking. About. Uh, okay. So you're the racist because you had that on your mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I'm so attuned to. Anyway. By the way, my Cobra Kai uh, sweep the leg Johnny sweep the leg <laughs> shirt came in the mail yesterday. Nice. Wearing it right now, actually. Johnny. That's, yeah, yeah. There's a few lines in that. that like, the other one, wait, the one that Scott's doing is just racist. But then there's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, awkward. That's just... <laughs> there's, when they're on the motorcycles and they see him down there and they're like, everyone's doing the take a right. Or I forgot what they said, but it's bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Take your worm for a walk week. All right, uh, Scott, number two. Number two was the the Steven Seagal line, the Mason Storm. <laughs> oh, that fucking movie. The guy's paralyzed or in a coma for like, I don't know, was it 10 years? How the fuck long it is. He wakes up like the most ridiculous makeup beard of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he can barely move and he heals himself just by sitting uh, cross-legged and lighting some incense and meditating, and then and then he eventually tracks down the senator. I'm going to take you to the bank, senator, to the blood bank. <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds like something that would be on McGarnacle or uh... <laughs> yeah. Which leads me to my number two, which is let's kick some ice or what killed the dinosaurs. The Ice Age. Oh, or, Jesus. tonight's forecast, a freeze is coming. <laughs> or, alright everyone, chill. I would say that the dinosaur one is like the most forced, like... Because yeah. <laughs> that one almost depends on like someone like raising their hand and going, what did kill the dinosaurs? <laughs> cool party. I'm afraid my conditions <laughs> has left be cold to your peas of mercy. So, so the dinosaur Jeebus one, H. the dinosaur one's not even a fucking pun. Yeah. 
it's just like a reference to the fact that he's like about cold. At least the other ones are puns, even if they're like next level bad puns. But mm-hmm. uh, dad, dad joke the movie. The best part is the one that I always associate with this is not from this. It's from The Simpsons. They're making fun of Arnold. And I think it even became before this movie is the whole <laughs> ice to see you. <laughs> yeah. He came out of the ice sculpture yeah. and he just divided yeah. those. And I'm really in- his arms come out first. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Rinyer Wolfcastle said it before Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. Have you guys ever seen like somebody cut together all the, the Wolfcastle movies and it actually like, makes yeah. a coherent... Like, it's actually like a, a plot you can follow... Yeah, it's fucking awesome. great. <laughs> but by the way, I'm not done. This is also in the same movie. There's also you're about to become compost, and <laughs> oh motherfucker! Hello, freeze. I'm Batman. There you go. <laughs> Batman and Robin. Everybody, check it out. Holy metal, it's a Batman! Great movie. Holy that, rusted metal, Batman. Holy rusted metal. Man. <laughs> That's, That's Batman right. Forever. A little different. Oh, okay, sorry. Oh yeah. But, Kilmer. Yeah. yeah. This is Clooney, not Kilmer. And not Keaton. I'm confused. So, yeah. Pretty much every line in Batman and Robin could probably be used in this league, in this movie, in this list. Yeah. Arnold's right, finest, finest performance, by the way. <laughs> yeah. This is raw deal. <laughs> Pretty. <laughs> Cocaine. Cocaine. My number two is, do you know what happens to a toad when it gets struck by lightning? <laughs> lightning. No, what? The same thing that happens to everything else. Waka waka. Lightning. Oh no, here comes, here comes a giant cane. <laughs> the shepherd's crook. Uh, the... mm-hmm. Lightning. 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 Uh. <laughs> All right, Scott, what's your number one? Number one. Uh, so last week we, we talked a little bit about Blazing Saddles and the arg- one in the argument for best line of all time in any movie, uh, which was the Mongo-only pawn in Game of Life. Uh, <laughs> this one, uh, I, I feel like, is in the conversation as well. And it's from... Showdown in Little Tokyo. Um, and it's toward the end of the movie, and it's when Brandon Lee's character and Dolph Lundgren's character are like skulking around the side of a building. And they're about to. Son of a bitch. And they're, should have thought of this. And they're about to split up to, to go take on their respective bad guys that they've got to fight. And uh, before, before they go, um, Brandon Lee stops Dolph Lundgren because earlier in the movie he saw him naked for some reason. I forget why. And he says, before we go, I just want to tell you this. You have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's as jarring as the that's, guys like you in prison. That's way more. Way more. And I, I honestly don't remember uh, Lungan's character's response to that. It doesn't... I just, thank uh, you. Yeah, it do, thank you. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't... I don't think it really matters. But... That's a line somebody wrote, and Brandon Lee had to deliver it. And they filmed it, and when they put the movie together, they left it in. <laughs> and so the director went, cut, print. Well, it's a cut. Whoa. But uh, 
Yeah, you have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man is a line in a movie that made its way into movie theaters. And I did see this in movie theaters, by the way. I don't know what the hell was going on with my child. Yeah, I saw this in theaters, too. Tia or Carrera. Maybe driving. This movie was yeah, great maybe. too. Tia Carrera had stunt boobs. Yeah. She had a great line in this movie too about how <laughs> that time I heard yeah, you. That, that time that I heard time. I heard you coming. I heard you coming. Yeah. Oh, my God. oh, oh yeah. It's like lightning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Highway. You have the biggest stick I've ever seen. It was a line in a movie. I can't. All right. I can't. That's enough, Scott. I, I can't. I can't repeat. <laughs> This enough. This was a thing that actually happened. It's on celluloid somewhere. But what's the biggest yeah, thing you can find the microfiche? Yeah, find the microfiche at the library. Fiche. First, you catch the microfiche, <laughs> then he loses the microfiche. What was that, Jeff? Yes, the biggest thing he's ever seen on a man. What about the biggest thing he's seen on a woman? Uh, maybe that was for the sequel that never got made. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Maybe maybe that was a cut line from the crow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, my number one um, is going to be Star Wars, of course, and yeah. it's not just one quote. I got a Drum list roll. of them here, and it took me three seconds to come up with these. Wait. Scott, you already mentioned the sand okay. one. Okay. Yep. Wait, Jeff. Before you go All any right. further, uh, I think we're going to need the tauntaun to chime in here. <laughs> All right. He'll be on in the background. All right. <laughs> Uh, you are beautiful. No, I'm only beautiful because I'm so in love with you. That's pretty... <laughs> yeah. That's pretty awkward. Sage. Um, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. So that was just fucking terrible. Like... <laughs> Whatever. We're doing this. Okay. Uh, I believe in democracy. Yeah. Um, democracy. Manifest. <laughs> and this is how freedom ends with thunderous applause. Yes, yeah, Tauntaun, yeah, see, that, that's his least favorite of the... Tauntaun. Yeah, that one's pretty... That one's pretty, pretty and that took me three seconds. So if I were to sit here to think more, I'm sure I can come up with like 20 more just from Attack of the Clones. Anakin, you're breaking my heart. Oh, yeah. That one's pretty bad. God. She died of broken heart. She's dying of broken heart. Uba. 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 CGI babies. It's Dr. Bologna. Uh... Alex's favorite quote is probably "Yarg." <laughs> That's the best one out of all the prequels. It's pretty awkward. Yarg. Well, when you're about to crash into a stalactite, I mean, everything is like, "I'm a person, and my name is Anakin." Chivas H. Luna Munatafa. Chesco Sabuba. The Sherpa. The Chapa Chawa. Okay, that one's my number one. <laughs> I'm gonna it? switch it from I don't like sand to Chesco Sabuba. Do Sherpa do Chapa Chawa. Yeah, yeah, Tauntaun agrees. <laughs> uh, wizard. Oh, sorry, Jake Lloyd. Are you an angel? <laughs> yeah, are you an angel? Uh, we could just, uh, God, we could just do a whole episode just naming. Maybe we should do that. We've already shat on. Oh, we should, we've, I mean, the whole C, the whole C three PO scene in Cl- Attack of the Clones. I'm beside myself. Ugh. I'm so confused. I'm scrap. Have we? So we've done all three prequels at this point, right? Uh, we've done every Star Wars movie. 
What? Yeah. Yeah, we're caught up, except for... Hell, we even did the, the Star Wars special and the first Ewok movie. I think the only thing left is the second Ewok movie. I don't think I can do it, Jeff. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. It's got that little fast dude in it. I forgot his name now. <sighs> and Wilford Brimley, for fuck's sake. Jesus yeah. Christ. Beat his space you should be paying me to pick this movie. <laughs> and we haven't done any of the clo- We haven't done the cartoons. But we won't, don't worry. All right, uh, but Alex, what's your number one? I changed it. It was a sandwich. <laughs> it was a chewy chomp. It was a sandwich, but yeah. Chesco Saboba. No doobie dopat slamo. That was the, that's the best line. Uh, so, there it is. Any honorable mentions? We can just keep naming uh, prequel stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I'm 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 spent. What about same? What about Martha? Martha, why do you do That's pretty bad. Uh, or all right. Oh, I, what I got one. Uh, okay. Fight Club. I wanted to destroy something beautiful. Oh. No, I always thought that was a weird line. It's it was weird. weird, but it was it, right after something horrifically brutal happened. To a very pretty face. The Jared Leto. He, they should have just done that face and put some like uh, makeup on him, and that could have been the Joker. <laughs> That's a nightmare yeah. fuel. Yeah, serio. I still can't watch that scene. When he comes up, I turn away every single time. <laughs> get him to a fucking hospital. Get, get to uh, some Nick Cage stuff, maybe. A, oh, B, yeah. C, D, E, F, G, H. I, That's I, a yeah. case of a brilliantly <laughs> written line or scene and then just caging it up. That's not <laughs> dialogue. That's the alphabet. <laughs> I know, but... Well, if, 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 we're being, Jeff, Jeff, if we're being technical, all dialogue is comprised of the alphabet. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. but this is literally just reading letters from alphabet. I'm pretty sure the scene, all that was written in the script was, and you confront the woman about how she's bad at organizing files. Yeah. And then he just went full cage. I'm just thinking now, I know there's got to be like Nick Cage stuff, John Travolta stuff. As- oh my god. Sasha. What the fuck? It's like looking yeah. in the mirror, only not. Oh my gosh. All right, uh, let's move on here. So it's time for <laughs> Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? So, uh, the Dodgers are on pace. Go Dodgers! They're on pace for winning 110 games. All right. Out of 6,000. So, I don't know why everybody's (laughs) happy about that. Well, they're happy because most people don't win that many out of the 6,000. I guess. That seems like a lot. Well, I guess, I mean, if you I mean, yeah, no, fail I 70% of the yeah, time, no, yeah. it should be all the favor. Yeah, yeah no, I, I see your point, Alex. When they're playing seven games a day. <laughs> Every day. Yeah. It's H. Yeah, I, can, I can see it. Who's, who said that? Was it Teddy Roosevelt? You have to play seven days a game? Seven seven games a day? To keep the doctor away? <laughs> no. What the fuck's going on? Isn't it Teddy Roosevelt that invented baseball? No. It was Abner Doubleday. 
Oh, okay. Actually, I don't know. Oh, no, it was Roosevelt that invented the forward pass in football. <laughs> because so many people were dying. Well, he he invented the annexation of Puerto Rico play. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Sports ball. Uh, <laughs> Women's so World Dodgers Cup. Are, so, so there's another sports thing a Dodgers doing. Like Bellinger has been uh, hugged by three girls in three different games. Girls are running out of the field to hug outfielder Bellinger during the game. Oh, like, I don't know if it happened like, tonight, but like, like adolescent girls or like grown women. <laughs> Well, uh, like teenagers, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I haven't checked his stats, Scott, uh, but there's no, no, because like, I'm not kids. Okay, because I'm going to say it would be rad if, like, because sometimes a dude around the th- on the field, and like another outfielder will like basically like shoulder check him, like from his blind side, like, <laughs> lay him out. <laughs> it was a poor little ten year old girl. Yeah, like that would uh, side check. that would not be cool. But you know, if they can take a hit, shouldn't be on the field. That's that's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, it's like three days in a row, girls have rushed out in the middle of the game, hopped the fence, hugged him, or tried to hug him, and then <laughs> escorted him. Yeah, I hope there's a thing that pitchers do when they pitch out sometimes when people charge the mound. Just like throw their gloves at him and then run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyways, and, and you're about to say something about yeah, female soccer with world, the finals, quarterfinals uh, are starting? So yeah, soon? for real, real true facts news. Uh the, the Women's World Cup's going on, and the as of the recording of this podcast, the the U.S. women's team plays France in France this Friday. I think it's mm. 11 o'clock Pacific time? Yeah. I'm not sure. So by the time this comes out, it'll be old news. But Yeah, yeah, yeah it'll be old news. But, you know, I, I've watched several of these games like on my lunch break, and it's good stuff. Like, it's high drama. I was watching uh, Japan v. the Netherlands, and it it came down to like a penalty kick in like the ninetieth minute, almost. Wow. Yeah. It's a high drama. Cool. It's time for Neem News. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. Okay, we're running really late here, so oh, just a couple things. Uh, so James Gunn's Suicide Squad is going to start filming in the next couple months. Um, I did not get through the first Suicide Squad film. I don't know about you guys. I saw the I, theater, so I, I did. So, <laughs> I never even saw you it. You paid money for it, so yeah. I, <laughs> I, I tried, couldn't do it. Like, I think the only thing I I liked about the whole endeavor was uh, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Besides being stupidly hot, uh, I thought, thought she was a good Harley Quinn. Um, everything else, I could I could leave. Didn't give a shit about Will Smith. Um, all the other characters did not care. Um, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't get to the movie. Like, I, I was. Just, it's awful. Yeah, it's it's not a good movie. So they got the second one along the way. I don't know how they make it better. Uh, James Gunn. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. He's a good writer. Yeah, James Gunn's gonna be involved, so they, they got that going for it. But maybe they won't have a uh, studio that does only trailers as their bread and butter <laughs> to edit the entire movie. Maybe. Jeebus H. Yeah. Again, not not a good movie. Uh, so that's that's coming. Um, you know, this is gonna be another big. Even even if it does okay, it's for like it, it can't be anything other than just another misstep from the DC stuff. Um, and then speaking of good 
uh, comic book stuff. So Jeff mentioned it earlier, actually, that Endgame will be out soon. Um, so the first Blu-ray, I'm sure there's going to be like a mega edition Blu-ray with like a 17-hour <laughs> documentary of making of at some point. But uh, right now it's slated for July 30th for the Endgame mm-hmm. Blu-ray. Um, it's going to have a bunch of stuff on it, like uh, some deleted scenes, gag reel, all that usual crap. Um, I wonder if they're going to have the additional scenes, though. I'm not really seeing that here. Uh, that they're apparently releasing in the theaters, uh, which might just be a scene like a stinger or something. I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we can look forward to that on the thirtieth, and then I can buy it, and then I'm sure at some point I'll have doubled or triple dipped on this stuff. I don't know. Maybe Jeff will do it too <laughs> when they when they have like the whole box set for the entire like MCU, <laughs> all twenty something movies. Although it's probably too, probably premature at this point, but maybe just the the four Avengers movies, like in a, in a cool like Lord of the Rings kind of set. Mm. But, uh, yep, that's basically this it. is a bullshit money grab of what this is with this new extra scene. Probably, almost definitely. But if it's four K, I'll man, I'll give it a whirl. Uh, so that's all I want to talk about. Uh, Alex, anything you wanted to mention? Mm, yeah, I saw Dante speak again, like I mentioned before. <laughs> that's uh, uh, it's, it's a, a six, 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 six or seven. There's uh, the special effects hold up. I were, you, for the most part, <laughs> you you mentioned the lake scene. I think that's when I stopped watching it. One time I tried to watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wasn't there a movie that came out at the same time called Volcano? Yes. Just like there was yes. Deep Impact. and Yeah, they had the double. Like, so Volcano was Timer Lee Jones, and like a volcano erupted in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And like, gotcha. Anne Heche was the love interest of Timer Lee Jones. Anne Heche's butthole. <laughs> Let's all go inside. What's that from? <laughs> Kevin, the Hollywood yeah, Babylon. Okay. So yeah, apparently you see her butthole in the Psycho movie. Oh, just like Terry Funk's boots, you got to be watching. <laughs> Terry Funk's boots. Uh, so, anyways, Alex, you you were saying you you got through Dante's Peak. Yeah, mm, it's a pretty solid disaster movie. I liked it. I'm I've said before, but I'm not usually a fan of movies where like nature is the bad guy. <laughs> Oh, I just thought of a movie we're going to add to the list. Oh, God. <laughs> Day after tomorrow. Yeah, exactly it. <laughs> I fucking knew it. <laughs> Geostorm. They run away from the cold. It should be Geostorm or the core. The core. <laughs> God damn it. No. It's added to your list. Yeah. The core. Uh, anything else, Alex? Nope, that's it. Uh, Jeff, anything you wanted to do? Uh, not much, say. other than a little update on Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland. I have not been back, but uh-huh. it is now wide open. Yeah. So uh, any guest who goes in the park can now visit. And so they're doing that new virtual queue system. So if the park, if that land gets too busy, they're going to stop guests from coming in. You can use your app or like a fast pass type machine and get a reservation. And once there's room, they'll let you in. But like, 
so far they haven't they use it the very first day for like half the day and then after that it's just been wide open so i don't know if interest is not there if the land is just so big and the rides so quick that just getting people in and out if people are just being like hey i'm not going to go because i know it's super super busy but it's kind of interesting yeah i mean they still like i wonder what their projections were but they've still got to make him like even even with like the pre like the pre-launch stuff i don't know what the hell to call it before it was officially open yeah like mm-hmm. they started making money hand over fist on that yeah. yeah they sold out of a lot of stuff yeah I mean, it's the whole, the whole point of things is sell merch, so... Yeah. But that's what I'm kind of wondering. Like, once you go in, like, I now I've gone in, I've done the lightsaber thing. I've gone to the cantina. Obviously, I can drink again, so I'll do that. If it's available, I'll do it. But a lot of the stuff, like, I don't... It's a one-and-done thing, right? It's not like a ride. So that might be an issue. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, so one of the things they were doing to control crowds, from what I understood, was uh, cast members were not allowed to go into, they block them out. Like if you work at Disneyland, you're, uh, you know, you basically have a annual pass to go in whenever you want, usually. But for the summer, they blocked them out. Alex, maybe can correct me because he knows more about this than me. But then I heard just recently because the crowds haven't been that bad, they've actually removed that ban. Oh, really? I didn't know about that. Yeah, that's what I heard. I don't know. Maybe you can find out. Uh, Alex, report back Alex is going week. back. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Um, oh. So that's interesting. And then the other thing is people are assholes and they're just stealing a bunch of shit from Disneyland. And so that restaurant that Alex mentioned in our episode, they had like these metal sporks. They don't even have those anymore. People just kept taking <laughs> them. I may know somebody that graduated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were awesome sporks. Spark! Uh, and they're all just going on eBay. Like they were selling nice glossy maps of the land. They're no longer doing that. Coasters inside the cantina. Like... Which I actually have some of those, but they we asked them for them and they gave it to us. But they're typical. But people are just taking them and selling them. I think that's the issue. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's couple, always going to happen. When you ride the Millennium Falcon ride, they give you a card telling you what your role is on the ride. People are stealing those and selling them on eBay. Jesus Christ! Yeah. So people way to ruin it for. Yeah, this us. is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is why we can't have incredibly expensive. Nice things. <laughs> I was gonna say, and like I get it, you're stealing from Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. and you're not even, but you still shouldn't do it because no. so I could have used a space spork, and now I can't eat out of a space spork. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That I'll never, I'll never enjoy this, this, this magical spork. Yeah, that you speak of. Must be space your spork for a walk week. Jesus Christ! <laughs> right? right. Yeah, that's all I got. So let's get quickly to the AFI uh, list right, here. Let's do it. <laughs> We're down to the final twenty. Alright, number 20. Lewis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Pumpkin. Yeah. Yes. Casablanca, 1942. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. Network. Uh, The Newsies. Network. Scott got it. Network, 1976. Number 18. Made it, Ma. Top of the world. Uh, I did not know this one. Is that when Al Capone was denting the Charleston on the Empire State Building? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're kind of close, actually. <laughs> I think. Because it's James Cagney, Virginia Mayo, Edmund O'Brien. I don't know. It is called White Heat, 1949. You okay. dirty brat. 17. 
Rosebud. At one episode of The Simpsons. Yeah. Citizen <laughs> yeah. Kane, 1941. <laughs> oh, yeah. They call me Mr. Pib. I mean, Tibbs. <laughs> In the heat of the night. In the heat of the night, 1967. With the heat of the night. night. Oh, night. And this number 15, it's, it hurts me to say. It scares me. E.T. Phone Hall. <laughs> Aliens. Ouch. <laughs> E.T. the Extraterrestrial, 1982. Suburban Commando. <laughs> <laughs> we should go on my list. Yeah. The stuff that dreams are made of. Maltese Falcon. Yes. 1941. Oh. Love me- <laughs> Love means never having to say you're sorry. <laughs> Love oh, story. Wow. <laughs> oh my god. How did that make it? And Love Story, 1970. Yeesh. Jesus. Tells you I don't I don't have good taste in movies apparently. No, that's a flat out lie. <laughs> oh my god! Um, t- as I was reading, I was like, "What the fuck?" I don't like sand. Uda muda tafa. Chuda champa. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Apocalypse. Uh, apocalypse then. Yeah, apocalypse. The age of Apo- X Men. The age of apocalypse. yes, X Men. The age of apocalypse. Damn it! I didn't get the full title. No, it is Apocalypse Now, 1979. Uh, when? And number 11. When will then be now? Soon. What, what, we've had, yeah, what we've got here is a failure to communicate. Cool Hand Steve. Yes. Cool, cool Hand metal Luke. Jacket? No. Cool, cool Metal Jacket. Yeah. Cool Hand Luke. Yeah. Uh, all right, that's it. We have 10 more left. All right. Can you guys Ooh. guess? Two. Yarg. Yarg's on there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, no. Yeah. No, we'll but, save, yeah, we'll yeah, save yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. So, but, we're going to save this, and we'll, if we have a, hopefully have a shorter episode, and you guys can guess the 10, and then we'll see who okay. gets the most out of the 10. Okay. That. Why don't we make an episode out of the whole thing? Oh, let's talk offline. Well, well we, we already know that I used to fuck guys like you in prison. has got to be one of them. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and then you have the biggest stick I've ever seen in a man. So that's two <laughs> of the 10. What are the other eight, yeah. though? Hmm. <laughs> All right, uh, unless you guys have anything else? Nope. Nope. All right. What about the Tom Tom? What does he have to say? <laughs> uh, yeah, no. That, that, he kind of has a one-track just, mind. Just, yeah. Well, I mean, he does have a point. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> 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 We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.